hey, listen, um, I, uh, I, I had a message ready, prepared, and was going to bring it. I was going to talk about when cultures collide because the world we're living in today, you know, different cultures are trying to change the Christian culture, and God changed it. Some of y'all are like, oh, I really wanted to hear that. Well, I, ch- I really felt like this morning, before I left, God wanted to do something different, and I really hope that, uh, that this is for somebody because it's just a really simple message on patience, all right? Who in here is great at being patient? Anybody? I mean, just phenomenal. Like, that's my gift. I got the gift of patience. I, I don't think anybody in here has the gift. Of, I, listen, I am the world's worst. You know, when I think about patience, uh, I immediately think about waiting. And I don't know anybody that likes to wait. How many of you shop online? Throw your hands. Anybody shop online? How, how fun is it waiting on you? I mean, like, you, you'll spend that extra $150 just to get that blouse in uh, tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to be flying that thing from Canada down to Alabama to get it to you. You know, waiting is not my gift. You know, and it runs in the family. My little boy Caleb is, uh, who's probably shouldn't be playing his video games right now. But anyway, <laughs> my son Caleb is probably one of the most impatient kids ever. And I really don't know exactly where he gets it from because me and Lee are really blessed with patience. But whenever he was little, I can remember uh, we would go to the aquatic center, and they got several slides up in Coleman. And, uh, you know, we would be down on the ground kind of laying out, trying to get our tan on because we definitely need it. <laughs> tan fat looks better than white fat is what I've learned. So, um, And there's several times I look at Leah, and I was like, Leah, who is that blonde-headed kid going through all the people in line going to the front? And then we're like, oh, my gosh, it's Caleb. And like, whose kid is that right there? You know, and he would go all the way to the front and just push people out of the way and, woo! slide down we've definitely taught him in lots of ways how to be patient and so uh it's amazing how important patience is and when we can learn how to be patient it's absolutely amazing the freedom that will take place in our life the freedom and the rest that comes with being patient all right if you got your bibles you can turn to isaiah 40 verse 31 and i really think this verse that we're going to talk about today um is is basically where y'all got the name of y'all's church. And that's why I felt like, hey, I think this is the direction I'm supposed to go. So anyway, you know, uh, patience is one of the fruit of the spirits, uh, of the spirit, spirits, that's not right, fruit of the spirit. Uh, it says in Galatians 5, 22, 23, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. You know, the word patience uh, in this text, patience has a lot of different forms to it, okay? The word patience means endurance, means steadfastness, long-suffering, and forbearance. It means internal and external control in difficult circumstances. How many of you have gone through difficult circumstances in life? Throw your hands up. It's hard to be patient in the middle, right? Come on. Everybody in this room will have trials and tribulations, and you can, you can think about that as we preach today. Everybody. The Bible says in John 16, 33, Jesus says that in this world will be many trials and tribulations, but I have overcome the world. He didn't say for unbelievers will be many trials and tribulations. He didn't say there's going to be a few trials and tribulations. He says in this world's many trials and tribulations, and I've overcome the world, run to me in the middle of difficult times. You know, whenever you walk in patience, patience is, it reveals strength in your life. It reveals that you are strong. And so, you know, I don't know anybody that really enjoys waiting. And when God doesn't answer our prayers in our timing and do what we need him to do on our schedule, 
there's a lot of things that can happen. There's several things that can happen. A lot of people will get angry with God. Um, you know, a lot of people take matters in their own hands. Well, God, if you're not going to handle this in my time, and then I'm going to handle it. And whenever that happens, it gets really destructive. Just ask Abraham. <laughs> you, where do you think Ishmael came from with Hagar? God came and promised them, hey, I'm going to give you a baby. And <laughs> it's really funny because I'm 90 years old. It's not going to happen. It's kind of gross too. But God said, I'm going to give you a baby. And they thought it was hilarious, thought it was funny. Didn't happen in the time that they thought it should happen. And so what happened? Sarah tells Abraham, hey, go sleep with my maidservant, Hagar. And then you get Ishmael, and we still having issues today from not being patient. You know, I think about Saul and Samuel, where God tells Saul to wait on Samuel. Hey, wait for me. Wait for Samuel to get here because the priest needs to be doing the sacrifice for you guys that know that story. Saul got tired of waiting. He got impatient and did his own sacrifice, and that's where he pretty much lost the kingdom. God gave it up. He said, I'm giving it to somebody else. You know, we can go on and on and on in the scriptures where we see lots of people who did not make good decisions because they got impatient and it became destructive. Um, you know, a lot of people start worrying and starting to start to stress out. And, and, you know, I think that's what happens with the majority of us. Whenever, you know, God's not answering the prayers that we think he should answer in the time that we think he should answer it in is when we start worrying, we start getting stressed out, and we start asking God. You know, in the process of worrying and stressing, a lot of times we begin to doubt that God is really for us. We really begin to doubt God. And, you know, the whole entire time that God's not answering our prayers as quick as we think he should, or doing things in our life as quick as, he think we, uh, as, quick as he, we think he should, basically God's teaching us how to walk with him the entire time. He's teaching us patience, which is strength. He's teaching us how to walk by faith. He's strengthening your faith in the middle of not answering in the time that you think he, he should. Listen, when we can truly learn to be patient and trust God in his sovereignty, because he is sovereign, when we trust God in his sovereignty, we will truly learn how to rest in this life. You know, the culture you live in knows nothing about rest. We know nothing about rest. How many of you had uh, some caffeine this week? Throw your hands up. All right, uh-huh. Some of you are like, I'm staying away from that Red Bull. Well, you go to the old school caffeine. You go to coffee, baby, about 12 cups a day, all right? No wonder you ain't sleeping. I ain't sleeping at night. You ain't sleeping at night because you're drinking too much caffeine. Listen, because we don't know how to rest, and the world won't let us rest. But when we learn how to be patient, we really begin to learn the thought process, and we really begin to learn the principle of rest. Now, the message isn't on rest. I preached that a couple weeks ago at my church, all right? And I'm in the middle of a sabbatical, and I'm preaching today, which is crazy. But, you know, I, the whole rest is important. And one of the ways that you can discover rest is through patience. You know, I think that all of us have had times in our life when we've had to wait on God. How many of you had to wait on God? Throw your hands up. Come on. Come on. Right, this is a crowd participation. Um, you know, a lot of times we've had to wait on God with our circumstances. We've, we've waited on God with other people um, in the area of prayers need to be answered, our finances, uh, prodigals, maybe sin, something that you're struggling with, um, maybe your job. I, I don't know. I, I think that all of us have had to wait, and it is absolutely no fun waiting. Well, Isaiah 40, verse 31 
um, I, it talks a, a little bit about waiting. So let me read it to you. This is in the New American Standard. I think you might have the New Living Translation up there. Um, I told him that, but I actually put this in the New American Standard. That's my fault. It says, yes, those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. There goes your name of your church. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Now, let me break this down a little bit. I want to break this, this verse down a little bit and hopefully use it to help you understand a little bit more about what's taking place. The word wait uh, in this text can also be translated as trust. Yet those who trust in the Lord will gain new strength. Wait and trust could be replaced either way. So the Hebrew translation in this text with the word wait actually means to bind together, all right? In other words, I'm going to come in uh, into a contract or an agreement with God. Uh, I'm going to bind together with God that while I wait for my prayer to be answered or my need to be met, that, hey, God, you're sovereign and you've got it completely under control. I'm coming into an agreement with you on that. It's a binding contract. I trust you. I'm waiting on you, and you're going to handle what's going to take place. And in the process, I'm going to be patient, and I'm going to wait on you to answer. And I, in the, I'm going to seek you, and I'm going to trust you that you're going to do your will. Hey, you know, there's a lot of times that God answers our prayers differently than what we think he should answer. Isn't it kind of funny? Like we got in our head like, hey, God, this is the way you should answer my prayer. And we already think that this is the way that God's going to answer my prayer. Thank God for unanswered prayers and Garth Brooks. Right, he wrote a whole entire song on it. So anyway, I would sing that for you right now, but it would go over like a pregnant pole vaulter. I will not do that. I'll probably, for all the pregnant women, I just offended you. I'm sorry. I'm going to preach on the fence next week. Listen, the Bible is very clear that when we can learn how to be patient, that life will become so much better. You know, I think all of us want to enjoy life. And the world we live in teaches us nothing about that. And life will become a lot better when we can learn how to be patient. And honestly, in the process, the reason why it will become better is because we'll experience more freedom and rest in Jesus. How do I know that? Listen to the rest of the verse. Listen to the rest of the verse. It says, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles, or they will soar high on wings of eagles. You know, when I, when I think about an eagle flying, um, I think about a picture of freedom. You know, I think that's one reason why America uses the eagle, because one, one thing, it's a, the largest, most uh, uh, beautiful bird around, but it's also whenever it soars through the air, it reveals freedom. And when you see an eagle soaring, um, it, it reveals freedom. But also, I, I believe when an eagle is high in the air, and the reason why God wanted to use, uh, or Isaiah, either one, uh, used the image of an eagle is because an eagle, when it's high in the air, they, they see things different than they see things on the ground. It's a lot different. And when you're soaring through the air while you're waiting on God, whenever you look down, you can see the landscape and you can see a lot of things a lot different. Your perception is completely different than you're right up against it. 
You know, a lot of you are right up against the prayer that you need to answer or the situation that's taking place in your life. And there's a place where some of you need to soar in freedom like wings uh, uh, of eagles and see it from the way God sees it in the area of perception. Change your perception and reveal, let it reveal that God has it completely in control, 100%. Listen, when we can learn patience, it produces freedom from stress and worry, and it produces freedom just in life. And what happens is, is we begin to see life with a whole different perspective. We see it with a whole different perspective when we can see life from above, <laughs> the way God sees it. We don't see it as is. We see it as in the hands of God, which it changes everything. When you can trust God with your situation, when you can really trust God with your prayer, when you can trust God with your prodigal, when you can trust God with your finances, when you can trust jo- God with your job, it changes, it changes the, the ballgame. It changes the landscape. The perspective is completely different. Listen, there's been times in my life um, just through ministry um, uh, and it, as being a believer I, that I have, um, that I, I've gone through literal hell, in a, you know, really, as what, what it felt like. Just, but the whole process, God is refining me. You know, I remember coming out of legalism. Um, golly, how hard that was mentally. Um, I, I know certain areas of my own personal life that I'd never seen before, and God brought it to the surface, like, whoa, where did that come from? For those that don't think, that think you're great and perfect, all of us have this thing called the sinful nature that Billy was talking about just a second ago, that God will reveal to us the closer we get to him. And in the process of going through a really, really uh, refining moments and difficult times, I'm up against the, 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 the situation that's taking place, and I'm, I'm angry I'm frustrated. I'm mad at God. I, I can remember uh, several years ago just driving down the road and just slamming my fist down on my, on my um, steering wheel, just screaming at God, like, God, why are you letting this happen? Where did this come from? You, you got to help me. Why, ain't you, why aren't you helping me? And in the whole process, because I'm up against it and I didn't have a, a certain perspective, he was in the process of helping me the whole time. He was helping me get rid of me. He was setting me free. He's allowed things to come to the forefront that I've never seen before in my entire life to reveal it to me so that he could set me free from it. And so in the, in the moment, it's miserable. In the moment, I'm like, God, what are you doing? This isn't nice of you. But now I look back on it today, I look, and I see the fingerprints of God all over it. And I see what he was doing. You know, I was telling you about the legalistic stuff that I dealt with years back that Nelson helped me walk through. You know, little did I know that God was calling me to the religious crowd. You know, he called us to Coleman, Alabama. I was asking God, why aren't we going to Coleman? There's more churches per capita in Coleman, Alabama than any other county in the state. Well, because God's calling me to a religious people. I know, I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Listen, it is the little prong in the belt buckle, all right? Coleman is, of the Bible Belt. And there's some really, really mean Christians there. Or so-called Christians. 
Y'all know what he means, so-called Christians? Look at your neighbor and say, you better not be mean. Tell him. Listen, uh-huh. God's called us to love. Well, that's what he was talking about, the things he sees on Facebook. Like, whoa, you call yourself a Christian? You don't need to get saved. We need to talk to you. Listen, but in the process, I see God moving and doing things whenever I move away from it. And I have a better perception. And I see that God was all over it. And there's times in your life right now for some of you that you're just going through a really, really difficult time, maybe with God. Hang in there. Don't you quit. You better fight. Stay the course. Stay the course with God. Because one day you're going to see that God's in the middle of doing something phenomenal, preparing you for something greater than anything you can do. He's preparing you now. And to prepare us, we got to go through refinement, right? I'm sure Nelson preaches that a lot, some way, form, or fashion, because he preaches to me all the time. Listen, it goes on to say, it says, they will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. No, this is a picture of perseverance, but not only is it a picture of perseverance, but it's a picture of rest. I want you to think about it. When we're impatient, we grow tired because we feel as if we need to get this handled now, capital N-O-W. I almost spelled that wrong. Thank you, Mortimer Jordan. Which reveals, it reveals that we're not trusting God. It reveals that we're not trusting God. When you're wore out because you're waiting on something, there's a great possibility you're not trusting God. Which causes, it causes uneasiness, it causes worry, it causes stress, it causes depression. You know, this is a whole other side note. I'm going to say this. For those that think people are unspiritual because they're depressed, I think need to get a grip on life. I don't know why I need to say this today, but I'm gonna, I didn't even think about saying this until just now. This might be a word for somebody. Depression is the real deal. The enemy is real. There's a thing called the spirit of despair that loves to get on top of people and wear you out. And listen, if you're somebody that struggles with depression, you need to grab a brother or sister in Christ and talk to someone. Get somebody. You're not, you're, listen, you're not weak. Pastor Andy, I go through depression a lot. And I have, to, I have to pull myself back together, and I have to go find a brother that can help, help me talk myself out of my head. I call people like David Jett, and I call people like Nelson Hanna. I got people around me at the church that help me walk out. Because it's a war. You're in a war. You need other people. And, it, and it's real. It happens, all right? That's a complete side note. I don't know who that was for. That was just out of the blue, all right? Listen, causes depression. Um, stress, worry, uneasy. But when we wait on the Lord and we trust him, it produces rest because we realize and understand, like I've said a thousand times, that God has this under control. So God, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this situation. I'm going to place it in your hands. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to walk away the best way I know how. When I try to come back and get it, I'm going to put it back there quick as I can. And I'm going to try to walk away again. And here's the deal. We've got to constantly remind ourselves, constantly remind yourself God's got it. God's got this. God's for me. God's not against me, right? God's not against me. Even though the devil wants to tell us on a regular basis that God's against you, God is not against you. God is for you. He is for you, and he truly loves you, and he has his best interest out for you. All right? I truly believe that God's more concerned with our relationship with him, this is going to hurt somebody's feelings, than our situation. I believe God's more concerned about our relationship with him than he is our situation. 
And a lot of times he takes our situations to grow us closer to him. And some of you think, well, that's just cruel. I, I don't think that's cruel. I think that it, it helps, helps build our faith and walk in more freedom. It's amazing what God's done in my difficult situations. And for those of you here who are walking with Jesus, who have gone after Christ and have gone through those difficult situations and you're on the other side of it, now you'll say the same thing I'm saying. You know what I'm talking about. In the long run, it's been better because God's taught me more about himself. The worst times of my life are the times that I felt the closest to God, even though I'm screaming at him and angry and mad at him at times. Listen, when we discover him, the reason why I believe that it's, you know, that he's more concerned about our relationship with him is because when we discover him, it produces more life in us, his life. And God uses our circumstances, our areas of, uh, our, of prayer and concern to teach us how to depend on him, and it produces life. You know, I'll be honest with you, waiting for God is a mystery. It's a mystery. The things of God is mysterious. You know, there's a lot I could say about the mystery of God. The Bible talks about it a lot. Um, but could you imagine if we knew everything about God? What would be the purpose of faith? This would be zero purpose of faith. I was thinking yesterday, I was praying yesterday, and I was thinking like, holy cow, there's so many questions I've got to ask God. There's so many things I don't understand about the Bible, and I don't understand why you did it this way and why you did it that way, but he's God and I'm not. He can do anything he wants to. But in the process, it's a mystery. And, it, you know, in mysteries, it's always fun, you know, to find um, to find the things that cause the mystery to come alive, basically. It's always fun to, to kind of decode it. And you start learning more and more about who God is. And it, and it causes us, the mystery causes us to seek him. It causes us to pursue him because what we discover and what we realize is the more that we seek him, the more I want to know. There's so much more I can say about that. Psalms 37, 7 says this. It says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. You know, this is a beautiful um, verse. You know, the word to be still can be translated or seen as to rest in the Lord. To be still is a picture of experiencing the Lord. A lot of people wonder, like, how do you experience God by being still? I think you experience God in several different ways. And a lot of people even think that's crazy to say that you can experience God. That's just nutty because it's all through the Scripture people experience the presence of God. But I've learned that, it, that, that the times I've experienced the Lord the most and heard His voice the loudest is when I'm still. And that's really hard for me. I mean, it's really hard. I mean, it's amazing uh, whenever I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and can't go back to sleep because I drink too much caffeine. How many of you do that? How many of you say, wake up in the morning and can't go back to sleep? That's me. I, that's miserable, isn't it? Then you're tired the rest of the day. It's amazing when you can't call nobody, you can't text nobody, and you, know, you don't want to turn the TV on because you're going to wake your spouse up, and they're going to hit you in the head with a pillow or their fist. Um, it's absolutely amazing how God can start speaking to you. 
This is going to be maybe a little awkward for some of you, but let me tell you where I get most of my words. A lot of my words, like words, genuine words, is in the shower with some soap and shampoo. It's unbelievable how God speaks because I can't call nobody. I can't watch no TV. I ain't got no Facebook. I ain't got no Instagram. I ain't got no Periscope. It's new. You need to try it out. Listen, I ain't got none of that kind of stuff. All I've got is a, is a, a bar of soap and shampoo and a wash rag, and all of a sudden God starts screaming in my because there's nothing distracting me. It's kind of weird on a lawnmower, cutting grass, riding. All I'm doing is going in circles. It's amazing how God starts speaking. Being still. And I know that for some of you, you might might be a little too much for you, but the thing about it is, is it's amazing what happens when God begins to speak to us. It's when I'm not distracted. When I'm not distracted. You know, I think this is really cool. Um, this is really cool. Hey, you can come on up if you want to. Um, it says, and wait patiently for him to act. Some of y'all are waiting patiently for the air conditioner to come on right now, and I am too. I should have wore some more deodorant. Holy cow. I feel like Steve Gaines up here with all that under there. Some of y'all remember those days. Listen. I think this is really cool. I need you to listen. If you ain't heard nothing else I've said, I want you to listen. Listen. Okay? It says, and wait patiently for him to act. The word wait here is really, really different than what I thought it was. The definition of wait. Patience. The definition of wait is really different. The meaning of this word wait in the Hebrew language means to dance. To swirl down. I will dance. And I had to ask myself, like, what in the world? How in the world do you take the word wait? Wait patiently for him to act. Wait patiently for him to act. I started thinking, like, how in the world can you take the word wait and get the definition to swirl down? To dance. Where does that come from? And God just screamed in my spirit. It gives us a picture of us dancing while we wait on God to answer or to move in our situation. Hey, I don't know about you. How many of you have ever seen angry dancers? Huh? Have you ever seen anybody that's mad or frustrated or bored or just passive while they dance? Huh? I hadn't. Anybody, anytime I've seen anyone dancing, it's always confident. That's why I don't dance, because I am not confident in my moves. All I can do is the robot every now and then. Like, you, I mean, it's really, really bad. I can't dance. I, I, I look like a one-legged albatross. Listen, what I see, when I see people dancing, now, I, this isn't the Baptist church anymore, so I can talk about dancing a little bit, right? Well, you just talk about it. It's, it's kind of crazy he said that just a minute ago. We're singing about dancing, and I'm preaching on dancing. That's how, that's the word God gave me, all right? When I see people dance and I see them having fun, I see them enjoying themselves when they dance appropriate. <laughs> Some of them are just nasty, all right? People who truly dance have no care in the world. They're enjoying themselves. They seem to let the cares of the world escape them, and they move in rhythm. And the, world, the cares of the world are escaping me, and I'm just enjoying life right now. You know, the one thing I know for a fact is this. Is that I, I don't know much about dancing. And if I dance, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. But when two people are dancing, one person is always 
got to take the lead. And when we let Jesus take the lead and we move where he moves and we stop where he stops and we step where he steps, freedom of life takes a whole other level in meaning. Basically, Jesus says, while you're waiting, dance. Be patient. Dance with me. You know, when we're waiting on God, we're moving in rhythm with God. We're moving where he moves. And he gives a picture of trusting him to make the moves that need to be made and enjoying him every step of the way. You know, I I don't know about you, but there's some people here today probably just needs to grab the hand of God and dance with him. Huh? Need to grab the hand of God. You say, God, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this situation. I'm going to take this unanswered prayer. And I'm going to just, I'm going to grab your hand and I'm going to follow your lead where you go. I'm going to take the step where you step. I'm going to dance with you. And I'm going to look you eyeball to eyeball and I'm going to follow you. And I'm going to let you lead me where this situation, where you want it to take me. And if it draws me closer to you and it makes me more like you, then God, I'm going to dance in the middle of it with you. Swirl down. I'm going to enjoy your presence in the middle of waiting, which is the beauty of patience. It reveals maturity in your faith, it reveals your strength and your confidence to dance with Jesus. To dance with Jesus. Waiting on the Lord. Listen, it's not sitting around passively until the Lord does something. Huh? He, in the middle of waiting, we go. And we do. And we dance. Listen, He brings it to us as we seek Him and rely on Him instead of our own strength. He brings the answer to us while we go. Listen, if we are weak in the middle of our situation, number one, he wants to be your strength, but there might be a great possibility you're really not waiting on the Lord and you're trying to handle things in your own hands. Waiting, you know what else it will produce? It will produce a stronger prayer life. Huh? Waiting produces a stronger prayer life. What does it do? It causes you to get on your face and say, God, you're my only hope in this situation while I wait. You're my only hope. And if you don't come through, then I ain't got no hope. But I know that you're going to come through the way you want to. And it causes you to pray harder, pray different, and then have a testimony, have a story of how God answered that prayer. Huh? Phenomenal. Hey, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on God for? What are you waiting on God for? Are you waiting on that prodigal return? Maybe it's your son or your daughter. Dance with Jesus. Are you waiting on a specific answer for your prayer? Whatever that prayer may be, can I encourage you to dance with Jesus? Um, are you waiting for God to heal you from sickness? Dance with Jesus. Are you waiting for loved ones to be saved? Dance with Jesus. Are you waiting on finances or a certain job? Walk hand in hand, step by step, dance with Jesus. Are you waiting on your house to sell? Dance with Jesus. Are you waiting on 
a relationship to be reconciled. Dance with Jesus. Dance with Him. You know, I think what is beautiful is that God wants to carry our burdens, but so often we will not let Him. And one of the ways that He carries our burden is teaching us how to be patient and giving it to Him, whatever it is. Hey, dance with Jesus. Let Him take the lead. He's sovereign. He understands. He knew this was going to happen in your life before it ever even happened. Huh? He knows the outcome even though you don't. But boy, doesn't it build our faith to trust Him. Because He's going to handle it. Everybody cool? We learn about patience a little bit, maybe a little rest. Listen, it's a lot easier to preach than it is to live it out. It's hard. It is not easy. It's not easy. Stay the course. If you fail and you try to take things in your own hand, be a quick repenter. Go after Jesus. Thank God for the cross. The gospel. Go after Jesus, okay? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.